So, sorry for being away so long. It's just been time, you know. But I've built some time into my schedule, so if the Lord wills, this will be more common. Try to go back to once a week uploads. Charlie is also away being a dad, so big ups to him, so you'll just be hanging with me for a while. Anyway, welcome back to the Pokemon's Refrain. Since I last hopped on the mic, there has been a lot that I've wanted to talk about. This episode in particular, I'm hopeful it'll spark conversation, have you think about some things, and as usual, stay focused on Jesus. For a return episode, I wanted to talk about a doozy between two interesting people, Candace Owens and Andrew Tate. If you don't know who these two are, I'll give a brief summary. Candace Owens is a conservative commentator who recently made a move to the Daily Wire. She has written a book called Blackout that was to urge the black population of America to vote for Donald Trump, and she has also been a part of some documentaries, most famously one about George Floyd, called The Greatest Lie Ever Sold. She is known for being outspoken and unapologetic, but as I will address a bit later, despite claiming to be a Christian, it seems to be much lower on her priority list. This conversation reveals a piece of that. The next character is Andrew Tate. I see it as my Christian duty to respect a fellow image bearer of God, but Andrew Tate is the embodiment of the most evil things that I hate, if I'm honest with you. He's a British man who was a world champion fighter who later ran a cam girl company. He's a womanizer who boasts in his sexual exploits, a narcissist who boasts in his wealth, and he's just an overall horrific man. He was recently arrested for sex trafficking and has since been freed, but all the information that comes out about him really doesn't ease my mind about his character, even though all are innocent until proven guilty. The real danger with Andrew Tate is he is so bold in how he speaks, it hits tickling ears. Men who are fed up with, fed up with women, men who are looking for a role model, men who feel marginalized, all of that. Now, being a man, I empathize with man's issues. I'm all for encouraging men to work hard and be strong and be courageous and loving and good listeners and kind and gentle. And Andrew Tate, to me, is no different than a cult leader, preying on people's insecurities to feed his own ego and making money off of them. Of all the male role models you could choose, I couldn't imagine a worse one. So, seeing that Candace, a Christian, is literally sitting across from a rapist, an accused sex trafficker, a porn creator, and a person who is loud, brash, and completely the opposite of her quote-unquote traditional values, you would expect her to unleash. And what she does is feed him answers, throw him softballs, and reaffirm most, if not all, of what he says. This interview makes me sick to my stomach. Let me tell you why. Here's four observations, and I, of course, encourage you to go and watch it for yourself. I'll leave the link in the description. Number one, Andrew Tate is a master manipulator. Of course, being a prideful and arrogant man, Andrew boasts about how smart he is, and frankly, I think he kind of is. If you're a man who's been hurt by a woman or by society, it's so easy to hear this confidence and see the money and the strength and think, man, 
this guy is really talking and he has the thing to back up what he's saying. But the problem with Andrew Tate is he can sure maybe analyze a problem, but it does not mean he can solve it. And Andrew Tate has done absolutely nothing to solve any problem that comes to the gender war or gender divide. He does not solve the problem. Number two, Andrew and Candace feel no shame over their past. Those are not people that you should listen to. Now, I get it. Nobody's perfect. But as C.S. Lewis says in his excellent work, Mere Christianity, good people know about both good and evil. Bad people do not know about either. What every Christian acknowledges is our bad behavior in our past before we enter into the grace of God, and the closer we get to Jesus, the more we need to repent and do better. But Andrew Tate, very early on in the interview, says, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm guilty or sorry for that. I am from a low-income background. I did what I had to do to survive. And truthfully, all in all, being very honest, I don't think what I did was really that bad. And I want to say that, and I know that people are going to lose their minds over it, but I didn't sell drugs. I didn't kill anybody. I mean, what did I do? I found a gap in the market. I helped some people organize some accounts on an internet website. That's what I did. And they're going to criticize me and crucify me for the next 100 years because of it? Because of clips that were made 10 years ago? I think it's disingenuous. And no one actually cares about the virtue of it because no one who was involved in my life back then is complaining about anything. I think it's just an attack on me. And certainly, we learn and we grow and we change. But it's very interesting about how hypocritical the idea is of looking at someone's life over such a long period of time actually is. He goes on to speak about Donald Trump, who used to own the Miss Universe pageant, and asks, is he a bad person now? He continues, people are messy, life is messy, and nothing is completely clean. And this idea that you're going to find somebody 10 or 11 years ago, they did something that might be slightly distasteful, but not even illegal, and you're going to crucify him forever, I just don't believe that's genuine virtue. I think that's just an attack. I'll let you catch your breath. A little later in the interview, Andrew says, I'm not going to sit here and apologize to any conservative who wants to sit me down and try to give me some moral high ground garbage. I'm not going to listen to it. I had a very rough upbringing, a very tough life, and it could have been so much worse in so many ways. I've done nothing illegal. I've never hurt anybody. Everybody who was involved in my life back then are massive supporters of me, and I believe it's really hypocritical for someone to sit, look at a situation they were not a part of or involved in, and don't understand, look back at old clips taken out of context, and then tell me and a whole bunch of people who were in my life who are all perfectly happy that something bad happened and something wrong happened. I don't think that's genuine. Now, I didn't see a transcript of this video, so I had to write that all of that down by myself. And as I wrote it, I saw more and more how horrible this is and how it's just a lot of hot nonsense. Does he think that being from a low-income background means you're allowed to be a bad person? And even if it takes you a while to get out of that situation, should you acknowledge that it wasn't good and strive to make the world a less evil place? I understand that I speak from a very privileged spot, but if we see a problem in our past or problem in our past selves, aren't we supposed to change the future opportunity or change the future with the opportunities that we have? Andrew also lies here. 
he has talked about on video selling drugs. So take that as you will, as well as I've never hurt anybody. He was literally paid to hurt people. And he admits that in this very clip. And yes, what Andrew Tate did was evil. Running a cam girl business, preying on the lusts of men for years, then claiming to help them all of a sudden. Yeah, it's evil. Sleeping with these women who you lure into the business. Yes, that's evil. Brutalizing the women who worked underneath you. Yes, that's evil. There's plenty of evidence of this. And I'll leave some links in the description, but trust me, they're brutal. And I understand if you don't want to uh, watch them. Honest trigger wording. His justification is unbelievable too. I saw a gap in the market is not an excuse to be a horror. Answering one of Andrew's questions, his supposedly rhetorical question, is Donald Trump a bad person? To answer his question, yes. I believe honest people will say yes. You may agree with him politically, but a man who has admitted on tape that he's never repented, who is thrice married and per what we know has had plenty of extramarital affairs, yes, he is a bad person. And you know who's also a bad person? Me. I've done a lot of stuff in the past 10 years that I'm mortified, ashamed of. Words I used, people I mistreated, all of it. But what God enables me to do is own up to it, knowing that he still loves me and proceeds to help me live out the principles of Jesus. The whole point is we all need forgiveness. Andrew is just too proud to know it. But the thing that's really striking is later, the Christian Candace Owen says, I don't think I would say I'm sorry for any decisions I made when I was young either, because this is the deck of hands I was given. What do you want me to do? But at the same time, I do try to now, knowing I have such a following of young ladies, say, listen, I did a lot of the idiot stuff so you don't have to. Let me ask you, my beloved audience, what about Christian repentance allows us to not be sorry for what we did wrong? When Jesus dies on a cross for our sins and because of his deep love for us, do you think our response should be, yes, I'm a Christian, but I'm not really sorry for what I did because... I was born into poverty or I had a hard life. Jesus had a hard life too, and he still did no wrong. The whole point is Jesus lived a life that we couldn't so that we could live through him. Now, giving her the benefit of the doubt, maybe she just spoke misspoke here. Maybe she didn't mean it, but the red flag should be alerted. Not being sorry and not repentant and not seeing how thoroughly you hurt your God and the people around you is not a Christian principle. This is thoroughly ungodly. Number three, Andrew's problem with Christianity. This interview also features Andrew taking jabs at the faith. He says, when we talk about Christian values, I find it very interesting and ironic that somehow I'm the problem and these Christians feel like they need to come and attack me now in the name of Christian values. I think Christianity has much bigger problems than Andrew Tate and some old clips. I think they have much bigger problems than their churches on the daily. I think you can go into a Christian church and a lot of America can be very disappointed in what you see. And I'm the problem with Christianity? Andrew is maybe 10% correct. I don't know what he means by attack, but if he means criticism like what I'm doing now, that's silly. I'm not calling for threats on his life or even to act hatefully towards him. Rather, I see his words and actions as something that is dangerous and evil for men to listen to, especially for young Christian men. 
I don't want them fed any other message than that true masculinity is found in Jesus. Are there bigger fish to fry? Are there bigger problems, especially in the Western church? Sure. But one of the problems is men who are told to be loving, self-controlled, gentle, kind, and hard workers instead of sitting around and doing absolutely nothing. Andrew helps people, men, feel secure in that on just the virtue of being a man, all things should fall into their laps. No. Jesus demands that we be good men. So all people who speak against the sound teaching and life of Christ, I do feel the need to criticize because I care for the church and I care for those who have been hurt by Christians and I care for my future kids and all other people's future kids. A world full of Andrew Tate's would be a disaster to live in. I want my kids to be influenced by Christ. The fourth thing I notice is that Andrew Tate does not want to be held accountable. I found it very interesting that Andrew chose Islam over Christianity because he fears Allah and has stated that Jesus can be made fun of and insulted without Christians doing harm back to those who mock Jesus. So if you want to choose a God that you're really, really afraid of, you should probably be ready to take accountability from that God. It should also mean that you're willing to take accountability for your own shortcomings. Throughout the video, Andrew Tate gives off Michael Scott vibes. I would like all of the credit with none of the blame. He believes men are in certain bad positions because they put themselves there. He believes he shouldn't be scrutinized by anyone for his inappropriate behavior or hypocrisy surrounding his business because you're messed up too. Now, there's an obvious caveat to that. If you're willingly ingesting in porn with no fight, I'd agree you can't get mad at Andrew Tate. You are both supporting sex slavery. But for the Christian who is actively battling temptation or our own addiction, we sure can be mad. You're adding to the problem, not making the world a better place. And you can't escape criticism just because other people do bad things. We are beholden to a standard of good. Andrew Tate has chosen a worldview where he can do anything, say anything, require no change, and still feel like he has the moral high ground at the end of the day. It's an incredible web of folly that he weaves through his many empty words. Mr. Tate is too in love with his image to submit to God, nor submit to anyone else who may tell him, maybe you aren't as righteous nor as moral as you think you are. At one time, Candace brings up a clip of Andrew being told to do a gross act with another man's wife. Rightly, Andrew refused to do this act, which is a good thing. But in the clip, you can all see the woman very uncomfortable, and Andrew even mentions how she looks that way. Why would people in Andrew's audience and fans of him even think that Andrew would come close to sleeping with another man's wife or doing something horrible to her? It's because that is the character and that is the lore that he's built around himself. He's not a good man. And the sooner he admits that, the closer he is to redemption. The same goes for all of us. The more we run away from being held accountable or being told we're wrong or any array of things, the deeper we get into sin and darkness. The way back to the light takes humility and strength, but it's well worth it. And Jesus does all the heavy lifting. I am by no means a Candace Owens fan, but I must say I am still very disappointed by this interview. Just recently, she called out Taylor Swift. She's called out people all over the place. She's always pointing fingers. But when she sits down just a few feet away from a genuinely dangerous and evil man who is seen on video 
beating a woman with a belt, she takes his side, she force feeds him answers, and compromises her supposed values for this horrible person. The real lesson we learn from this in the Christian view means that we have to stand up to evil no matter where it rears its head. From out of God's people, chosen people, came evil. From Jesus' closest friends came evil. We're warned in the New Testament about how wolves come up from among the sheep. We have to be alert and hold everyone accountable. We need to promote Christ-centered manhood, masculinity, and above all, love for our God and for our neighbor. Leave Andrew Tate behind. Leave Candace Owen behind, too. Follow Christ. I'm going to close this episode with some words from Paul. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 11 through 17. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful to even speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Amen. That's all for this episode. Thank you for listening. Glad to be back. Good day. God bless.